Hey, welcome to Val's Word of the Day, where I'm passionate about resourcing you with biblical truths, and my hope is that you'd be transformed by the power of the gospel. If you're new to this podcast, first, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. And also, if this podcast blesses you in any way, would you consider writing a review and sharing it on your socials? Uh, That helps me with exposure as I get the gospel out. And in addition to giving to your local church, if you're looking for a ministry to partner with financially, you can do so by visiting valtopolu.com and clicking partner. And big thank you to those that are already partnered with this ministry. Uh, You are the reason that I'm able to release more free content here on this podcast as I continue to resource you with biblical truths. All right, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. And the title of today's episode is Gold, Girls, and Glory. Gold, Girls, and Glory. The three biggest tests we will all take in life will have to do with money, lust, and pride. Those are the three biggest tests. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. First John 2 16 says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from this world. This is God's word. So the first test we will all take is the test that has to do with money. Let's talk about money for a little bit. Money is a great tool that can that can be used to further the kingdom of God. Having money is not a sin, but once money owns us and all we do is chase money, and this is important right here, and we cannot rest from chasing money, then that means that money has become our our idol. Hear me, if you can't rest from it, then it has become your idol. I want to say that again. If you can't rest from it, if I can't rest from it, then it has become our idol. And money is a revealer. What we spend our money on reveals what we love the most. I mean, just check your checkbook and that will reveal what you really value. In fact, it's interesting that over half of the parables that Jesus shared had to do with money. And what what is it about money that makes us chase it? And I think at the heart of it is money makes us feel secure. If we have a nice nest egg, it makes us feel secure. And the test of money says this. Here it is. Will money control me and own me? Will money control me and own me? Can I learn to give freely? Can I learn to take a day off and trust that God will provide? And I think this is a test we will all take. And let's be real. A lot of life's tests really boil down to this question. Do we trust God? And you might be listening listening and saying, well, that's just way too simple. And it is simple, but it's true. And part of that trusting is that trusting that God is going to provide for us. Now, our job is to do our best, work hard, 
be a good steward with what God has given us, but the rest, the results are up to God. We focus on what is in our control and let the Lord do the rest. And by the way, we don't own anything. We are simply stewards with what God has given us. What's a steward? A steward is a person who looks after passengers on a ship. That's what a steward is. And that's what we are. When God blesses you with money, when God, when God blesses me with money, what he's saying is, hey, Val, I want you to look after this money. Be a good steward. Be a good manager. Don't go out and spend it foolishly. Plus, the Bible tells us in Psalm 24, 1, that he, that he owns it all. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. See, the world tells us that if we can just have this amount of money, then we can really be satisfied. Then we will find worth. And the idol of money says, get more of me and you will be satisfied. And you and I know what satisfies us the most. It's that which is eternal, which is God. So so what's the solution to this? I think it's stewarding our money well. One practical thing we can do is we can practice giving. You know, that includes giving to our local church um, and, and acknowledging that everything that we have comes from the Lord and asking ourselves, like, honestly, does money own me? And can I take a day off? Because if we can't rest from it, this, this is a point that I want us to get. If we can't rest from it, then it owns us. The three biggest tests of life, gold, girls, and glory. The next test is girls. That, of course, is a reference to lust. The test of lust. Now, we live in a sexually charged culture. And if we do not make war against lust... I believe that we will end up defeated and eventually tap out of the, out of the Christian race because um, this is a battle we must fight. Matthew 5, 27 through 20, 29 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has committed adultery with her in his heart. And then he goes on to say, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. Very famous text. Here's Jesus telling us that we can commit adultery in our heart or even in our minds. Now, we have to understand committing adultery in our hearts is not the same as the actual, uh, actual act of committing adultery. The point Jesus is making here is that they're both sin. Sinning in our hearts and the act are both a sin. And when it comes to sexual sin, we cannot play with fire and we cannot give the enemy any space. Hear me. We are at war. And here's the primary way that we fight the sin. We fight sexual sin by fleeing. F-L-E-E-I-N-G, fleeing. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says this, flee from sexual immorality. 
All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins against, whoever sins sexually, sins against their own body. Paul says, you need to run from it. So people often ask, well, how do we fight sexual sin? We flee from it. We run from it. Now, another key in fighting sexual sin is we need accountability uh, to fight this sin. We need, and I always talk about this because we need, I believe people need to get in our business. We have to have one or two people that can get in our business and ask how we are really doing in the area of pursuing purity. Now, side note on, on accountability, if you don't have accountability, you are dangerous and eventually your sin will lead you to destruction. If I don't have accountability, my sin will lead me to destruction. And accountability is not just people that we talk to about sports and the weather. No, it's people that we can pour our hearts out to. And we know that whatever we share, that that person will not walk away from us. Do you have that person? If not, find someone, get in a church, join a men's group, join a women's group, and find someone that can hold you accountable. accountable because here's the thing about sin. Sin always grows in the dark. Catch that. Sin always grows in the dark. We need to bring our sin into the light so that Jesus can set us free. And for many people, you know, they give their lives to the Lord. But when it comes to sexual sin, they're like, you know, I, I actually like my sin. And, and I can't give God that part of my life. And hear me. Your sin will eventually lead to death. That's the first point you have to understand about sexual sin. And two, God wants every area of your life, not just your sexuality. He wants to sanctify every area of your life. See, this is about trusting that when I give God every area of my life, money, finances, relationships, and I say, Lord, I choose to do things your way. When I do that, I have to believe that that will lead me to a life of joy. Because I believe with my whole heart that being a slave to sin is what will rob us of our joy. And the closer we walk with Jesus, the more he will convict us of our sins. And we will start to see how we really need God. And that's a good place to be, to be aware of our sinfulness. And that's what happens when we walk closely with Jesus. Colossians 3, 5 through 6 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly. And then he talks about sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire. But notice what, what is on top of the list. It's sexual immorality. Now, as believers, we have to understand that when we sin, we are simply forgetting who we are because the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors. So we fight from a place of victory. We're not fighting for victory. Our sins are forgiven. Yes and amen. But we still have to fight sin. We still have to fight sin. And hear me, when we sin, what we're saying is I am forgetting who I am because I am blameless 
I am victorious. I am I'm righteous. So when we sin, we're saying, I'm forgetting my identity. And I'm believing that this sin, this is at the heart of every sin. I'm believing that this sin will bring me more satisfaction than Jesus. And that is the lie that we're believing. And I believe that the ultimate way we defeat sin in our lives is by having a vibrant relationship with Jesus. I think this is key right here. As we fall in love with Jesus every day, that love for the Lord is going to drive out the addiction in my life. Because hear me, when I'm so full of the things of God, when I'm in prayer, when I'm in my word, when I'm in my church, when I'm serving, I'm going to have the strength to defeat sin and those addictions in my life are going to be driven out. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have to be on guard. No, I'm still aware of the schemes of the enemy. And we, we can't let our guards down, but I do have a plan. I fight in community. I fight on my knees. I fill my mind with truth. I have accountability. I have a plan. Listen, don't play with sin, especially in the area of sexual sin. Some of the greatest men and women of God have fallen because of sexual sin. And James 1 14 through 15 says, each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So, so, so listen, we're carried away by, by our own lusts. And what is the result? James says it's death. It will destroy you. It will destroy your marriage, your reputation, your relationships. It will rob you of your joy. It leads to death. That's how serious this is. The three biggest pitfalls in life, gold girls. Now let's talk about glory. And that's a reference to pride. You know, as I look at the life of Jesus, I see two character traits that we need to take note of. And the first one is this, gentleness and humility. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, I love this. I'm, I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. As I look at the life of Jesus, I'm reminded of Mark 10, 45. And I'm reminded that he was a servant. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. A humble person will always serve. It, it is a prideful person that refuses to serve others. A prideful person only thinks of themselves. They have no desire to serve others. And the thing about pride, pride is very subtle. It can just creep in on us. And, and, and a lot of times, we won't even know it. And the attitude of pride says this, I don't need God and I don't need other people. And I'm going to refuse to ask for help. I'm going to refuse to lean on others. Why? Because a prideful person believes that he or she is the point of, of this life. I am the point of this life. And <laughs> hear me, asking for help takes humility. And I want us to understand, you are not the point of this life. I am not the point of this life. 
pride is very self-centered. And the more we focus on ourselves, the, the culture doesn't believe this at all, but this is truth. The more we focus on ourselves, the less happy we will be. That is the paradox of Christianity. The more I focused on Christ, the more I stay focused on Jesus, the happier I will be. So when I focus on Christ and serving others, I'm going to have more joy in my life. The Bible tells us there are six things the Lord hates. And this is in Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19. And then it says seven that are detestable to him. And one of those is haughty eyes. Um, when you have a minute, go ahead and read Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. But haughty eyes is another way of saying pride. <laughs> and God hates pride. And God wants to form us into a people that walk in humility and lean on him. That's what honors God. It's this posture that depends on him, that acknowledges that we are where we are because of his grace. Because the moment we get prideful is the moment we start to fall. Casting Crowns has this song. Um, I forget the name of it, but there's a line that says, be careful if you think you stand, you just might be sinking. I love that. I mean, and that's at the heart of pride. When we think we're standing, when we think we've got it all together and we're good, we just might be sinking because we stop leaning on the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Hear me, there is protection when we humble ourselves. Notice that verse, it says, we are under his mighty hand. That means we are protected. Jesus is our greatest example of, of humility. He, it says he was humble and gentle. Humble, that means he put others above himself. He served. He was also gentle. He had strength, but he had strength under control, as Chuck Swindle put it. He says to be gentle means to have strength under control. I love that. Pride. So the three biggest pitfalls in life, gold, girls, and glory. If we want to finish our race well, we need to be on guard. We need to wage war. We have a real enemy, but we can't forget we have a God who is for us. Let's look to him for strength to finish well. This is Val's word of the day. Hey, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to today's episode. Uh, if you want to connect with me, head over to valtopalu.com. You can also access my previous episodes on the website. And my prayer is that these episodes will draw you closer to Jesus. God bless.